Welcome into another edition of the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. Heading into the week nine by J.P. Shadrick, Brian Sexton, John Ozier, Kai Stevens. The Jags are on a five-game winning streak. Five different stadiums, four different cities. Six and two record, their best start since 1999 when they started seven and one. Tied for the second best start in franchise history. And Brian, we'll start with the history of that because it's certainly noteworthy and it's somewhere this team hasn't been since the 1990s. Yeah, and as I look at it, you know, and and John can confirm this, those were very talented teams. They had depth. They had young players behind veteran players. They were very well coached. This team reminds me of that. Um, Knowledgeable Jags fans can go back and look at 07 and 05 and say, hey, they got off to great starts early too. Um, But those teams weren't as good as the 98-99 Jags. By the way, the last and only teams to win back-to-back division titles, which is in this team's windshield, right? So talented, well-coached, and just seem absolutely unfazed by anything that comes their way. And obviously, John, when you have a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, it's, it's tough to get down. Well, there's another difference. 05 and 07, they got off to good starts. Um and they were two games behind already. Yeah. Because you had a behemoth in the division in the Colts that, that w- was going to be very hard to catch. Now you're six and two start, you're two and a half games up. So you feel like you're con- in control of the division, which mentally and confidence wise, uh, look, they're tied for the best record in the AFC right now. Yeah. Uh, they're one of teams that are in it. Uh, they got to keep getting better. But I kept saying last week, this is how division titles are built. And this is how playoff pushes, winning games late, doing it with defense, doing it however you have to do it. This this is what contending and being good is. This is what it looks like. This team hasn't seen it in a while, but this is what it looks like, Kai. It does, and it's finding a way to win, right? We talk about that all the time. People write into you, John, I'm sure, complaining about the offense. Oh, I think a few might, because we hear it as well, just from people around. And, you know, that offense isn't doing this, and they're not doing that, and they can't keep doing that. They can't keep doing this, but they're still finding a way to win at the end of the day, and they're not trailing as well, and that's a huge point. We talked about it on Jagsam earlier this week, that this team is not – making the best decisions sometimes, but it's not necessarily costing them. They're making turnovers and only three points off those three turnovers in the game against the Steelers. So yes, I would appreciate Trevor not throwing into triple coverage against the Steelers in a game, but it didn't end up hurting them as much as it could have. And then rebounding from that, not letting that break you is a huge point that they've mentally turned that corner where they're not letting little mistakes get to them in that way. I think they've, they have trailed for seven minutes, 10 seconds in this five game win streak and that it was in the Colts game when they trailed it three to nothing and they had the ball the entire time and hadn't had the ball yet and were trailing Colts just had the ball first yeah yeah so they basically haven't trailed and they've been in control of every game for five straight weeks and look this team can be really good for a long time and never match that stat so yeah. enjoy it, folks, because you're not going to lead every game. Yeah, all these games are back and forth and yeah. changing leads and you know, dramatic things in the end. Not the last month. Yeah, uh, Jaguars have been in control, at least so far. And the defense obviously has a big piece of that. Uh, Kai, yesterday, you know, coming into the game, obviously the Steelers were not running the ball at that well anyway coming in. It's still priority number one for the Jaguars to set up everything else. They had some pieces missing on the back end yesterday. Of course, Andrew Winger comes in with the interception. Monteric Brown steps in. Three more passes defense for Darius Williams on the back end in the passing game. And now you're getting that 
A um, little bit of swagger to go with the performance. We saw a lot of swagger in 2017. That was a different level altogether. We're not quite there yet. However, to see them grow into this uh, chatty group yeah. and confident group is a good thing to see. It's cool to see also that if you don't have your top guys, you can still play well, right? When the pregame report comes out inactive, you see Andre Sisco and Tyson Campbell aren't playing like that doesn't feel good, right? That would be concerning for most people. But to see the backups to them come in and play well, see Andrew Winger doing what he did out there, Buster Brown is improving every single time. And even when they're getting thrown at in succession, they don't let that break them. And they are able to kind of maintain. And they did, the Steelers didn't score a touchdown until the waning seconds of the third quarter. It's not like, I mean, yes, it was an ugly game overall, but like the defense has been impressive in ways that I didn't know they were able to do. This group won't match 2017 in terms of scoring touchdowns and sacks and things like that. Um, but overall, I have a stronger sense of who they are and the way they play the run. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the numbers are, are identical. Uh, but that team was the one that got after the quarterback that forced turnovers and they had six touchdowns. This team just, they fill every gap. They're more physical, I think, up front. Um, and I thought Devon Hamilton added an element in whatever limited capacity he was in on Sunday in Pittsburgh, pushing the pocket and, and bringing Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen more into the equation because you could see Kenny Pickett was trying to slide and, and get out of the pocket, right? And after him, Trubisky was trying to get out of the way. So um, not, not that explosive, flamboyant defense, but really, really good. Yeah, I, I think it's much more solid against the run. If you recall, this, in 17, they had to go out and get Marcel Darius to right. fix the run. Mm-hmm. Um, and even after that, uh, there were times where the run would get them, and then it would be hard for them to get what they wanted to do because they wanted to be the attack on third down defense. Uh, and it was sometimes shaky getting there. With this defense, uh, aside from a couple of communication errors against Houston, You've never felt like there was a shaky moment and hadn't been perfect. Uh, and I don't know that they're the high impact. Like you say, Brian, they're not going to score points that often. But I think the stat yesterday was in the first half of games, they've allowed seven points or fewer, seven of eight games. Yeah. Well, that means you're always in the game. And sometimes you're ahead because you're not giving up any points so I think this defense the way it plays solid overall feels sustainable and on days where the offense gets motoring I don't think you're going to see 45 42 in Pittsburgh like you did in 17 I I think this defense is going to be consistent and I do think we should point out as we say this they lead the league with 18 takeaways right so they may not have that that all pro strike score kind of thing put up two or three pick sixes like that group was capable of doing but they are a group that takes the ball away and plays really good defense. Oh, and by the way, as we've talked about, you, you take a couple starters out of the equation, you plug a couple guys in, they still play well, and they've got a great rotation going up front. They don't have the Darius, uh, Calais Campbell, um, uh, Malik Jackson sort of big-name, high-profile guys. Doesn't seem to matter. Well, what they've got is after seven weeks, I think we can decide, that, or eight weeks, yep. and um, – that they are really hard to run against. Afadikasi's uh, playing really well. Hamilton only makes that group better. It's really hard to run at Trayvon Walker's side. I mean, there's a lot where you're game planning for this team. There's a lot of things where the coaches say, 
well, it's going to be hard to do this. Yeah. It's going to be hard to do this. Well, what can we do? Well, we've got to go to this side. Well, that makes it easier for the Jaguars to know they're going to that side. So, um, so far, they, except Atlanta for one quarter, there's been no time where you felt like uh, teams were getting control of the game running the ball. Jaguars fourth in the league in rush defense overall, 79 yards per game, and fourth in rush yards per play allowed, 3.6. And uh, there was a lot of talk going into the Pittsburgh game about the pass defense. Obviously, George Pickens did not really delve into it too far. Uh, however, the Jaguars are 31st in pass defense, but 12th in the league in passing yards per play, and that's where it matters. They come up, yeah. they tackle after the catch, nothing over the top. That's the real big stat on, on the pass game. Well, plus, when you're ahead all the time, yes. which they have been throw. for five weeks. That's right. Yesterday, for example, I'm, you know, Steelers are a capable offense. I don't know what would have happened. But clearly at the end of the game, when you're up by 10 points, there was a drive where the Jaguars were very willing to let them complete eight-yard passes that's right. and come up and stop. Well, all of a sudden, that's 50 yards of passing offense. You Josh know, Allen did the same thing in London. Yeah, right? so Minshew here. So one of the most overrated stats and a, a stat that good teams often have is they are low in the league in pass defense, meaning low in the 20s or 30s. Um, if you're playing good defense everywhere else, that stat's almost me. All right, uh, we'll come back in a moment. A little offensive talk, and then the bye week is ahead, and um, plenty more to come. It's Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier, the Jaguars and the 49ers coming up in Week 10. Standing room tickets being sold already, 633-2000, or visit jaguars.com slash tickets, and uh, we'll see what time that game actually is. There are rumblings that maybe it could be a candidate to be flexed in Week 10. They have to announce it by Tuesday if they're going to do it, uh, either at 4 or at uh, the primetime game. We'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens with that one. That would be quite a change, uh, a sea change in the franchise if you can get that flexed um, from 1 o'clock yeah. to a primetime game. Well, it's, um, it might not be the marquee matchup that gets moved, Kai, but it might be a monster matchup because you're talking about a San Francisco team that has, even though they've lost three in a row, that has as good a defense as there is in the NFL from the left end all the way to the, the backup cornerback. I mean, they're really, really talented. And you've got an offense that's capable of matching up and lining up and playing with almost anybody. Look at us, guys. I came here in April and I said something to someone about, oh, what do we do on Monday Night Football? And they were like, oh, we haven't had Monday Night Football in however X many many years. And I was like, oh, and look at us. Thursday night primetime, Sunday night primetime, Monday Night Football this year. They're talking about flexing us into primetime. Isn't it nice? Oh, listen. (laughs) I mean... One I know John's home games are, are something that those of us who work in the business don't mind at all. I was going to say, John's still mad. He doesn't want to talk about but it. But the, <laughs> the fan bases they proved last year in the games against the Titans and the Chargers love it. And it's great for the city. It's high profile. Um, and, and last year, I know you weren't here yet, um, the stadium felt like it was going to shake itself to pieces at times for those two games. And, and they're a lot of fun and people love it. So um, if, if they do it, I understand why. If they don't, won't bother me. I want, I want all one o'clock. I'm set you up for that but one. Yeah. We are now at the point where that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, and it, I said last year, people were getting angry because this game wasn't prime time or that game wasn't prime time. Look, 
if they're good because of the kid with the hair, and I don't mean Dewey, um, they're going to be on TV a lot. Yeah, they are a primetime matchup because people want to be able to, th- you know, in a couple of weeks, TV can't wait to throw Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence up next to each other. He's a rock star, and th- the team is now playing well enough. Uh, to get that rock star on, rock star on TV. You look at the matchup they've got coming up in Frankfurt, right, where they've got Miami and Kansas City. Now, they, they, they may have lucked into that a little bit. However, that shows that those 930 slots are prime time as well. Absolutely. And so from that perspective, the Jaguars have already played twice in And my guess time. is if the league had thought Miami was going to be this, there's no way that game would be over there. I think it would be It would be here. But anytime you have Kansas time, City. But good for Frankfurt. I yeah. Guess. Anytime you have Kansas City in the only game on TV, that has to be considered primetime, no matter who they're playing against, because it's Pat Mahomes. So Jaguars have already played two in primetime. They've got two ahead of them in primetime and maybe a third. Yeah, I've told you guys a story before. When I first got to Indianapolis, uh, Peyton was in his fourth year, and they were not every week on primetime yet. It felt like in, in my last eight or nine years there, it was four or five times a year. Indy at the time was not considered a prime market. They had had one Monday night game there, I think, in their entire franchise history when I first got there. Maybe they had had one when the Jags went up there. The we played before. there in September but, 2000. So two. And then all of a sudden they couldn't be on TV. It, it, the market size, perception, whatever, will not hold this team back from being on, on, in prime time. They're going to be there a lot now. Yeah. The, the Patriots were always prime time. They it was, 1 o'clock was a weird time for New England. Yeah, well, we'd have a couple, but then it was always, yes, lots of prime time games. That's a good thing. We're getting there here. I love it. It's coming quick. We'll see what happens uh, in, in the week ahead. Uh, bye week. Everybody rest up. Let's come back for the stretch run strong. John, you Woo! especially. All right, Woo! Coach. Here we Let's go. go. <laughs> Come in. Ready, break. Uh, it's Guy Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Ozer. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and this is Jaguars Reporters.